Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I'm glad you're here today. I have something here for you today that I believe is a message that we all need to hear. I've shared this actually, this message here before. It's been a few years, and I've titled it, Stay in the Ship. Everybody say that with me. Stay in the Ship. And uh, I heard this message actually years and years ago, and I've kind of made it my own here over the years. But um, before I get into it, I how many know that there's a spiritual revival going on here in this country? I'm talking about here in the United States. It doesn't happen often. And what, what does a revival mean? A revival is when you revive something that's not alive anymore, something that's dying. It comes back to life. And revivals are truly meant for the church. It's to revive churches. It's to revive the, the believers that are out there that are so desperately needing a touch of God. Amen? And how many have heard recently of the Ashbury Revival in Kentucky that was going on at a college campus, actually at a chapel? It was for a few weeks straight. There was just service going on and worship to God for these few weeks in a row, nonstop, 24-7, 365 and so um, there was that going on. And then I heard other reports where it was spreading to other colleges as well. And the main point of that is that the Holy Spirit is doing something here in these, these de- last days. Amen? And, and how many are familiar also with this movie that just came out, The Jesus Revolution? So how many remember the hippie movement? And anybody with gray hair is going to say, yeah, I remember that. I live the hippie movement. What are you talking about, right? So some, some of you remember that. And at that time, there was a great awakening, a revival that took place that's called the Jesus Revolution or the Jesus Movement of the late 60s, early 70s. Thousands upon thousands of hippies got saved during that time. In fact, the pastor here in the morning, Pastor Allen, He was one of those that got saved during that time of the Jesus movement. There's a movie called Jesus Revolution. It just came out. I would strongly encourage you, if you can go to the theater and see that, go see it. It's exactly about how God moved in that time frame through a minister named Chuck Smith from Southern California and how they had mass baptisms out in the ocean, how the hippies who were the unreachable of those of that time in other words nobody wanted to reach out to them kind of what you and I see on the streets of the unlovable the untouchable the homeless people amen some of those people they're they're cast aside society has cast them aside and said you're the unlovable the untouchable nobody wants anything to do with you yet this man took it upon himself to bring in hippies to his church And he began this revival in the late 60s, early 70s. It made Time Magazine back then. God is doing that same thing today. Many churches that I'm aware of are having revival of God. And what is revival exactly? Well, it's it's a point in time where you sense the need for more of God. See, I, I believe that our the, the Western culture, our churches, we do a great job of this one thing called fellowship. We have wonderful fellowship, right? 
We, we know how to fellowship. We know how to throw down some potlucks, don't we? But at the expense sometimes of missing the whole point of touching God, of allowing God to revive your spirit. Amen? And that's truly what it's all about in church or in your life. Church is only supposed to just start you to get your life going in that right direction, in a spiritual direction. Church is supposed to help you engage, amen? And I believe that's what the Lord is doing in these last days, that His Spirit is moving amongst many different groups of people, all to draw them closer to Him. People that had forsaken God are coming back to churches. People that didn't want to have anything to do with God are now attending church services. God is doing something special in your lives and in, and in the lives of these people. You see, the hunger, the desire to have more of God in our lives is something that each of us must want. It starts with a desire here. It has to start here inside of you. Otherwise, it's never, ever going to happen. And as we draw closer to the coming of Jesus Christ for these end days, we, you and I, are going to face persecution. Everybody say persecution. If you're not familiar with that word, you will become familiar with it as a believer. It's, your life as a believer is not just going to be filled with a beautiful path of, of heavenly bliss. How many know that? There will be issues. There will be trials. There will be temptations, persecution. And our spiritual enemy will attempt to take you out spiritually, especially in these last days as we see more revival, more of God's presence. And that's why I've titled this message today, Stay in the Ship. So I would invite you to turn to the chapter of Acts, Acts 27, chapter 27 of Acts. And before, as you turn there, and I'm going to start reading in verse 27. I want to give you some context of what's going on here in this chapter. Paul, the Apostle Paul, had been imprisoned. He was a prisoner, and he was headed on this ship. Uh, it's not a boat. It's a ship because it has 276 people on board. All right? It's a large ship. But he was a prisoner on this ship. And they were sailing in the Mediterranean Sea. And the Bible tells us in... In the, in the chapter of chapter 27, if you read that entire chapter, that they had taken off to sail. This was after, the, it says, the Day of Atonement, which happens typically in October. And if you know anything about the seas, you don't sail too often or you don't want to go a long distance in October, November, because you got the, the winds that pick up. And that's what was going on here. This ship began to sail. And here's the thing, though. Because Paul was in this ship as a prisoner for his faith, for speaking out, he was being persecuted and imprisoned. An angel of the Lord had visited him and said, everything's going to be okay. You're going to face a storm, but everything's going to be okay as long as everybody stays in the ship. And Paul had this, this assurance from the Lord God, but here he was on a boat with a bunch of other unbelievers. How many know that it's reassuring to us when we read God's word that he's going to take care of us, amen? That brings us reassurance that no matter how many crazy days at work, how many people quit, got fired that week, life is still going on, and God is going to take care of you, amen? 
just because my director of operations was fired this week, but that's a whole nother story. Amen. As, as we draw closer to the end days, there will be persecution in our lives. And here Paul was in this ship with 275 other people. That's where I want to pick it up in verse 27. On the 14th night, okay, they were in the, on the Mediterranean for 14 straight nights. We were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea or Mediterranean Sea when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Verse 30, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Amen. Let's pray right now. Father God, I just pray your blessings for the next few moments as we, you help us to open our hearts and open our spirits to your word. Teach us, Lord, your word. Show us what you intend for every person here through your word. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor again. Tell him, stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. How many have ever been out on the waters when the wind started blowing? It's, it's not a fun feeling. I've been out there, we've been out there with deep sea fishing, and when that water gets to turning and you, and you can't see land, land is 25 miles away, there's no place to go or even further. Um, and, and it's not a pretty sight because there's people that are heaving, okay? At breakfast and lunch and dinner, and, and it's not a pretty sight. And that's what was happening here. I can imagine prisoners that were on this ship they were getting sick. It's miserable. It, they're going through this. They're scared for their life. They, all they see is the storm that they're in. They can't see past that. Ever been there? Ever just been surrounded by what you see around you? The four walls around you and you can't see past that? That's where these guys were. You know, as we, as we go through life, it doesn't take long before we each figure out that in our lives, we will have trials. We will have situations arise. Stuff happens, as they say. Stuff happens in our life. It doesn't matter if you're 21 years old or if you're 91 years old. Stuff always happens. And just recently, we had been praying for a family here in American Canyon that we're still praying for, for housing. They were told... You have X amount of days to move your entire family with kids, I believe five kids, and their pets, and get out and move out because I've got some family members going to move in to this place. And they were going, they're, they're going to schools here locally, but they were having to uproot. They had news that came on. Suddenly, they were in a trial, and they still are. They're still trying to work this out, and let's continue to pray for this family here in American Canyon. But you've, you and I have been faced with news like that, maybe not as urgent as that, but sudden news that flips your life upside down. 
And all you can see in that moment is just that trial. You can't ever see a day beyond that. All you see is the bad news. And here they were as well, these, these people, these 276 people. The question I, I would have to ask you this afternoon is, why is it that when trouble strikes, we sometimes forget about our knowledge of God, about what He did before, what He did last year, what He did 10 years ago, what He did 30 years ago. All of a sudden in that moment, all you see and think about is the trial you're going through. It's never going to get better. I'm never going to get out of this situation. But yet you forget about what He did for you the other day, last year, the year before. Amen? Why do we struggle to recall the past answers, the past answers to prayers, specific guidance pro provided by the Holy Spirit to know what to do, decisions to make for our life that we learned in previous situations. We struggle to even bring those to recall. We, we want to just jump ship and say, I, I got to do it. I got to figure it out on my own. That's our, our tendency. Amen? But only the present seems real. Only that storm seemed real to these men. Even to Paul, even though an angel had told them beforehand, stay in the ship. I can imagine Paul's going, hey, this is going on 14 days now. And Lord, I, I don't know if you were talking about this time, maybe, maybe another time in my past. But if you were talking about this time, it's been 14 days and this wind's blowing and it's not getting any better. And this ship's rocking and it, it looks like it's going to fall apart. Here he was thinking those things. I have no doubt. You see, in our, in our own strength, we lack the resources, sufficient resources and abilities to meet life's challenges and trials. Have you figured that out yet? You can't do it on your own. You and I, that's why we need a Savior. That's why we're here today. We need God Almighty to provide for us. Amen? Our suffering, our trial is never a surprise to God. He knows what you're going through. He knows the pain that you've walked in. He knows the challenges that you're facing financially, relationally, your dreams, your hopes. He knows what you're going through. It's never a surprise to Him. More than that, God is allowing those situations to orchestrate something greater for you in the long term run. Amen? How many can look back on their life right now and see, okay, God, I get it, why you allowed me to go through certain things so to see me where I'm at now? Raise your hand if you can see God's hand in that. Those are, everybody's hand is lifted up. Our suffering is never a surprise to the Lord. You see, what he does for you is for his glory, and it's his will. His will. His will. Amen? And here's the truth. Here's the, the real simple answer for Paul and for anybody going through the trial or a trial. It's how we respond to those trials that determine the outcome. Amen? How you, what your attitude is going to be in the middle of those trials will determine the outcome. That's the key. You see, how we respond determines a positive outcome or a negative outcome? Paul had been told, stay in the ship. 
If what he saw was just the storm and he saw the lifeboat and uh, this ship's going to break apart because I can hear it, I'm just going to jump in this lifeboat because that's what I see, I'm certain he would have drowned. Think back at things in your life. If you would have done X instead of Y, how bad it could have gone for you. Amen? Because you were allowed to use the Holy Spirit's wisdom in your life, you were able to make the right choice for your life. Amen? So how we respond determines the outcome. So this afternoon, for the, just the next few moments, I want to just talk on the divine purpose in hardship and how it can help us, help each of us to respond to trials that come about to each of us in a God-honoring way. Because we wanna, we're, we're all going to face trials, there's no doubt, but we want to face them in a God-honoring way. We may not be able to change the external circumstances within our own prayers. I know a lot of times we want to, Lord, make this go away. Just make it go away. Fix this. And it's, if, 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 if he was a genie, he could probably do that, but he's not your genie. Uh, he is Almighty God, and he wants to accomplish his will in your life. So for the next few moments, let's take a look at four God-given purposes he may have for your life in dealing with hardship. The very first one, and you'll hear me speak on this often, but one purpose for hardship is cleansing. Everybody say cleansing. How many like to take showers or a bath? You all need to be cleansed. Let me just tell you that right now. You all need to be cleansed from time to time. It's good to be cleansed. And it's also good to be cleansed spiritually. Because of our own nature and the self-absorbed world we live in, which is common here, um, it's easy to, to be filled with the filth of the world, to get filled with the junk of this world. You, you go out of the church and you go into the real world here, it, it smacks you up the head real quick with, with the language, with the, the content of their conversation, with what they do, I mean, it, it smacks you up the head real quick. And, and uh, if, if you're not careful, you can allow that to infect your spirit. You can be infected by that. And at the end of the day, you have to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I need to be cleansed spiritually. That's why it's so important for you and I to seek God to say, Lord, cleanse my heart. What that is is repentance. But we do that every day as believers. We repent. Amen? So... These, these situations or challenging hardships that you and I go through are meant to bring these faults, these issues that you have in your life to the surface. So when you have that anger rising up, well, how come it's not going my way? How come so-and-so always gets it better than I do? How come this person doesn't have to go through that? And that anger starts rising or that bitterness, that's what the Lord wants. He wants that to come to the surface so you can deal with it, so you can learn how to deal with it. Because if you just keep repressing it, pushing it back down, it's going to come back up again. Amen. We want to step on it and kill it. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 51, one of the greatest verses in the Bible you need to have this underlined in your Bible. You need to have this memorized in your Bible. I pray this daily. This says, create in me, or create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
That should be one of your daily prayer requests to God when you're praying. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David prayed that prayer. King David, after he had sinned and committed adultery with Bathsheba, he prayed chapter 51. That was his prayer. This is one of the most beautiful scriptures alone that you and I can pray. And hardship, trials are intended to purify and guide us back to godliness, back to Him, back to righteousness, back to where God wants you to be. See, the next time you go through a hardship, or if you are going through a hardship, remember, the Lord is causing those things to work on your character. He's shaping you and molding you into the man, into the woman that he knows you can be. See, when he sees you, he doesn't see the imperfections. And this is one thing as new believers that we have to put aside. If you're a new believer, he doesn't see the guy or the woman that falls short. He doesn't see the one that is anger or full of anger or bitterness. He sees the person that is complete in Christ. He sees the holy person. He sees that righteous person. He doesn't see the old man or the old woman. That one's buried. Amen? That one's dead. He no longer sees that. He sees the new you. And that's what he's trying to do with each of us is bring you to that exact position. Amen? How many are thankful that God is at work in our lives through trials? Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for a trial. Because he's working on your character. He's working on you. A second reason we face difficulty is so we'll be compassionate and bring comfort to others. Ooh. Some, some of you may be thinking, well, I'm married to somebody that's not compassionate, could never bring comfort to anybody. And, or if you know somebody, how many know somebody that could never bring compassion to somebody or bring comfort. We all know somebody like that, right? Because they're so hard. They're so rock hard on the outside. They, they don't shed tears for nobody. And they could never bring compassion or, or, be, or bring comfort to anybody. Th this is what God wants us to do is to be compassionate, to look at the hippie or the homeless and say, compassion. Reach out to them and say, hey, I see you struggling here. How can I be a blessing to you? I'm not going to give you money to feed your drug habit or whatever it is, but how can I be a blessing? Do you need a blanket? Do you need a, do you need a tent? Do you need, do you need some food? Do you need some water? How can I help you? That's what God wants from each of us. Amen? And, and so we have to learn to be compassionate and to be able to bring comfort to others because here's what we learn really quickly in our spiritual walk. God's work in our life is not intended just for us. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's not just about me. It isn't. As much as you don't want to hear that, it's not just about you. God's work in our life is designed to reach a world that doesn't know how to be compassionate, that doesn't know how to comfort one another or even acknowledge him. Amen? And here as we learn, as we experience and we go through trials and sufferings, we learn about how God is all-sufficient, how He brings us comfort. How many have 
had a loved one pass away and God's comfort was there. God's compassion was there. Obviously, we've all felt that in that moment. And his comforting presence, his, his strength to help us endure. Our testimony that arises from times like that is authentic. That's what other people need to hear. That's why the Lord allows you to go through those situations in life. If you look back at the hardest times in your life, whatever you and I have faced, it wasn't so that you would just suffer. That is meant for someone else, for you to share that with someone else, for you to share how you overcame that, how you, by being faithful to God, overcame that, how God has put you in a place now of victory, amen? How God has had compassion and forgave you and brought you to a new place, amen? God is so good when we allow Him and we see His work at work in our lives. To those that we minister, when we see them going through the same things that we've gone through, there's nobody better to minister to them than you. It's not Pastor Rick. If, if there's somebody that's gone through the same thing that you've gone through, there's nobody better than you or that person to minister to than, than that one that can relate to you. And that's why God allows us to go through trials, through struggles. Amen? He's orchestrating our circumstances for his glory and that his will will be done in your life. Because I often hear this question, well, God, how come things just can't be perfect? Why can't we just be obedient from the get-go and just life would be good? The minute we're born, why can't it just be good? Well, number one, we're, we're sinners. We're born into sin. And secondly, how's he ever going to teach you about life's lessons, about learning to develop character, about learning to develop compassion, comfort, and learning to overcome anger and bitterness unless you go through trials. If everything was perfect, you would never learn anything. Amen? We all have to struggle and go through trials in this life in order to become that person that God wants us to become. Again, he's orchestrating his circumstances for his glory and his will in your life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 says this, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Guess who people run to? They run to people that display those qualities. Guess who people run away from? People that don't display those qualities. Amen? God's chosen ones. Everybody say, I am God's chosen one. Because you are as a believer. You are to be holy and beloved. Have compassionate hearts. Be kind. Be humble. Be meek. And show patience. You see, the Lord uses our challenges to equip us for serving other people. And if you're going to serve other people, you need to have those things, those qualities. People are not going to want to listen to you if you're being mean, unkind, lacking in patience, 
They're not going to want to share with you. They're not going to want to tell you what they're going through. But if you are being kind and humble and meek and patient, they'll, they'll give you your ear. Your ear will soon be filled with how you can help them. Amen? So that was the second thing. The third thing is God promises us he'll provide a path through any trial we face. Ooh, boy. Just as Paul in that shipwreck, just as those people on, the, on board that ship could not see anything. And again, if you've ever been out to sea and it's foggy and you can't see anything, this is pre-navigational instruments that we have nowadays, radar and all that. They were guided by the stars at night and by the sun during the day. And when the winds came and the storms came against that boat and the storm was all around them where they couldn't see? Let me tell you, that's a scary feeling. I would imagine that's a very scary feeling. And you can't see sometimes past what's in front of you. You can't see that there will be a better day. You can't see your circumstances being better than it is right now. And that's what God promises us, a path to get you out of that. Amen? See, everyone on board wondered how long this storm was going to continue. Everyone wondered whether they would make it safely to shore and see their loved ones again. More than likely, they wished they had never set foot on that ship. Ever, ever think like that? Man, I wish I never would have put that money down on this. Or I wish I never would have bought that car. Or I wish I never would have bought that house. Or I wish I never would have gone here. Then you would have avoided that accident you were in. Or whatever it is. We've all had regret in our life. But God allows those circumstances, even if they're bad circumstances that you caused, for His good and His glory. Amen? God will use bad circumstances and turn it into something that will bring Him glory. Can I get an amen? See, they had somehow avoided this storm. Or, excuse me. If they had somehow avoided this storm, they would have avoided seeing God's demonstration of power. You see, if we opt to go for the easy route, if we opt to choose this way out, rather than doing what we know to be true, you'll never see God's hand in your life. You'll never see God's power in your life in miracle working power, in provision, how he provides for you. Amen? The frightening situation was transformed into a revelation of trusting God. These people, these 275 people had heard Paul saying, stay on the ship and you will be saved. Stay on the ship. And they did. And they did. And they were saved. The, the story goes on to, re to read that they eventually grounded onto, onto land and then they had to swim to the shore and, uh, but they were all saved, all 276 people. Which reminds me of one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Word of God, which is Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6, if we can put it up on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. He will make your paths straight. Amen. And, and that's what you and I are supposed to do as believers. We're to trust in the Lord. That means moving you out of the way, moving what you see out of the way. 
and, and having eyes of faith and saying, Lord, I trust you. Your word says that you're going to walk with me. Your word says that if I trust you, that you're going you're gonna to make a path for me, that you're going to make a way out of this. How many have seen that? We all have. So continue to believe that. God wants to make his power known through his trials in your life. Amen? And then my final point is the fourth point. The most important thing he gives us is an awareness of his presence. An awareness of his presence. Yes, it's good to get alone with God and to worship God. You and I can feel his presence, acknowledge his presence. We can experience his presence corporately. But how many know that in a trial, through a rough time, those are the best times to experience God's presence? I'm telling you that that's when God makes himself real. You see, fear in us, because we're going through a trial, can cause us to do irrational things, right? Fear can cause you to do crazy things, make crazy choices, if you allow that to grip you. The lack of God's presence in our lives will cause us to do irrational things. Again, so important to trust in God, to lean on Him. Paul reminded everyone on this boat that, of that, to trust Him. Everybody stay in the ship and you will be saved. Why? Because Paul was aware of God's presence. Paul was aware that of the scripture saying that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Paul was aware of that. He was trusting in that. Could he see that in the middle of that storm? No, he couldn't see that. But he was trusting in God. You may not remember God's promise nor sense God's presence during the middle of your crisis, possibly like Paul was. But he has always promised to be with you. He will never leave you. In fact, let's put that scripture up in Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 5. The scripture says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Underline those words. Underline that scripture in your Bible. Because those are scriptures to recall when you're going through a trial. When it feels like everybody's abandoned you, like when you feel that you're all alone, God will not abandon you, amen? God is your helper, and he'll cause you not to be afraid. Such a great, powerful scripture. The assurance of that scripture reminds us that he will provide you comfort no matter what you're going through. Whatever trial it is that you're going to face tomorrow, some of you may have been going through the best year of your life possibly so far, 2023. Well, just hold on and keep your seatbelt on because uh, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day, amen? That's why we say one day at a time, amen? In closing this afternoon, no one enjoys suffering. No one here, if I were to ask you who, who enjoys suffering, nobody's going to raise their hand. But in the hands of Almighty God, trials become tools. God will allow you to go through trials, and then they become tools for him to use in that trial. He uses hardship to shape us, to shape us as believers. What you're going through right now, he is working on your character. He's working on your spirit. 
He wants you to become that man and that woman that he sees. I believe how we have pictures of our family members on our refrigerator. Some of us put magnetic pictures on our refrigerator. Well, in God's magnetic refrigerator, where he has your picture, it's not a picture of the broken down person, the bad back, the memory fading, the bills that you got to pay, and all the stuff that's going on in your life. He's got a picture of that person that he sees complete in him. He sees you complete. He doesn't see that old person that's struggling. He knows he's going to get you there. You just got to have faith that he's going to get you there. Amen? No one enjoys suffering. And Jesus allowed all 276 people to experience fear and anxiety. Answer to that question that I get asked, why can't it just be perfect? not have to go through any of this well then you wouldn't know how to overcome fear you wouldn't know how to overcome anxiety if God were just to wipe that stuff away and make it just be a smooth straight path for your life that's called heaven amen one day in eternity we will not face any more trials any more struggles any more gas at four dollars and fifty cents a gallon unless you go to Costco It'll all be perfect, amen? He permitted them to suffer because he had something far more important to teach them. He wanted them to recognize their own helplessness, their own ineffectiveness without him. He wanted them to realize that their help came from God Almighty and not from what they could do in that moment. Because they couldn't do anything in the middle of that storm. Not a thing. Their total dependence was on Him. And God wants you and I to learn that and trust that. Amen? So this is what I would ask you. Ask God to reveal His presence to you in the middle of your trial. Whatever it is that you're going through, ask God, Lord, I... I I can't even see tomorrow. All I see is this issue that's, that I'm going through. But in the middle of that, ask him to reveal his presence to you in the middle of that trial. And watch God walk with you hand in hand, just like that poem says, footprints in the sand. He carries your hand and walks and carries you through that trial. Amen? Would you stand with me at this time as we close? Ask God to reveal his presence to you in this trial and remember his word, his promises to you. That's why it's important to remember the word, to memorize the word, to recall that word in the middle of your trial. God, I thank you that you will never leave me nor forsake me. God, I thank you that I can trust you, that I can lean not on my own understanding, but if I trust you, Lord, and acknowledge you, you will direct my paths. Scriptures like that, that lead us. We thank you, Lord, today for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you can help us to endure and to grow stronger in our faith. I thank you, Lord, that no matter what we're going through today, you have not left us nor forsook any of us, Lord. But, Lord, you're chipping away at each of us. You're forming us into that person, into that man or woman that you see.
Today, if you're struggling with a trial, with a life challenge, maybe it's financial, maybe it's personal relationship, maybe it's housing, maybe it's a job, whatever it is, the Lord is reminding you today, stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Keep following the course that you know to be true. He's speaking to someone here today profoundly to stay in the ship because you've been thinking about jumping ship. You've been thinking about doing things on your own. You've been thinking about, forget this, I'm tired of this. But the Lord is reminding you today, stay the course, stay in the ship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We come to you today, Lord, at this time, and we declare our complete need for you today. Father, we can't do life without you. We thank you that you have come into our life, made us new creations, and Lord, you see us as that, as that believer complete in Christ. You see us finished, the finished work. And I pray as we go through these trials that you help us, Lord, every day. From this day forward, I'm just going to put my trust in you and be mindful of your presence in my life. How many agree with that today? Raise your hand if that's you. Father, you see the hands today, Lord, raise. We're putting our trust in you today. And I pray, God, that no matter what trial we go through, remind us of your presence in that middle of that trial as we walk by faith, as we trust you, Father. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we pray, Father, for the next door, for the food that we're going to have next door. We pray your blessing upon it as we go to a warmer room, a warmer place. And, Father, we give you thanks. And as always, we close today with our blessing as you raise your hands one more time. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.